Hey all you Josh junkies out there. Welcome to another episode of Just Joshin' with Josh Gentry, world's greatest podcast. I'm going to, uh, first, a little shout out, uh, often I leave feedback till the end, but, um, I have seen another picture in the wild of the Just Joshin' with Josh Gentry hoodie, this time being worn by a, um, a, uh, beautiful young woman. Um, out and about town, uh, my niece, and very happy making, very happy making. All right. You know, something that annoys me is that look people get on their face when you say to them poetry. I don't know who hurt y'all. I don't know if it was your middle school, high school English teacher, or like me, your reading and writing poetry professor who crushed your dreams. But you need to grow up. You need to pull on your big person pants because there's some poetry incoming. Now, hold on. Don't hit stop. Don't hit pause. I'm going to pander to you. Okay, I've chosen essentially an epic fantasy narrative poem. This could have broad appeal. Give it a try. All right. If you um, are familiar with the incredibly popular Dark Tower series by Stephen King, you may or may not know that it was originally inspired by a poem by Robert Browning called Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came. Of course, Roland is the gunslinger's name, and it's the Dark Tower series, so you get it. Um, little funny bit about that is Browning himself was riffing off of the line Child Roland to the Dark Tower came uh, from King Lear. So, all right. This could run longer than usual. This is kind of long, and also I don't edit. Oh, shoot. Did I put it in Do Not Disturb? I have to put it in Do Not Disturb. Uh, okay. All right. Child Roland to the Dark Tower came. My first thought was, he lied in every word. That hoary cripple with malicious eye askance to watch the working of his lie on mine. And mouth scarce able to afford suppression of the glee that pursed and scored its edge at one more victim gained thereby. What else should he be set for with his staff? What, save to waylay with his lies, and snare all travelers who might find him posted there, and ask the road? I guessed what skull-like laugh would break, what crutched grin write my epitaph for pastime in the dusty thoroughfare, if at his counsel I should turn aside into that ominous tract which, all agree, hides the dark tower. Yet, acquiescingly, I did turn as he pointed, neither pride nor hope rekindling at the end descried, so much as gladness that some end might be. For what with my whole wide, whole worldwide wandering, what with my search drawn out through years, my hope dwindled into a ghost not fit to cope with that obstreperous joy success would bring. I hardly tried now to re rebuke the spring my heart made, finding failure in its scope." 
as when a sick man very near to death seems dead indeed, and feels begin and end the tears, and takes the farewell of each friend, and hears one bid the other go, draw breath freelier outside. Since all is o'er, he saith, and the blow fallen no grieving can amend. While some discuss if near the other graves be room enough for this, and when a day suits best for carrying the corpse away, with care about the banners, scarves, and staves, and still the man hears all, and only craves he may not shame such tender love, and stay. Thus I had so long suffered in this quest, heard failure prophesied so oft, been writ so many times among the band, to wit, the knights who to the dark tower's search addressed their steps, that just to fail as they seemed best, and all the doubt was now, should I be fit? So, quiet as despair, I turned from him, that hateful cripple, out of his highway into the path he pointed. All the day had been a dreary one at best, and dim was settling to its close, yet shot one grim red leer to see the plane catch its astray. For mark, no sooner was I fairly found pledged to the plane, after a pace or two, than, pausing to throw backward a last view o'er the safe road, twas gone, gray plain all round, nothing but plain to the horizon's bound. I might go on, not else remained to do. So on I went. I think I never saw such starved, ignoble nature. Nothing throve. For flowers as well expect a cedar grove. But cockle, spurge, according to their law, might propagate their kind. With none to awe, you'd think. A burr had been a treasure trove. No, punery, inertness, and grimace. In some strange sort were the land's portion. See or shut your eyes, said nature peevishly. It nothing skills. I cannot help my case. Tis the last judgment's fire must cure this place. Calcine its clods and set my prisoners free. If there pushed any ragged thistle stalk above its mates, the head was chopped. The bents were jealous else. What made those holes and rents in the dock's harsh and swarth leaves, bruised as to balk all hope of greenness? Tis a brute must walk, pashing their life out with a brute's intents. As for the grass, it grew as scant as hair and leprosy. Thin dry blades pricked the mud which underneath looked kneaded up with blood. One stiff blind horse, his every bone a stare, stood stupefied, however he came there thrust out past service from the devil's stud. Alive? He might be dead for aught I know, with that red gaunt colloped nexus strain, and shut eyes underneath the rusty mane. Seldom went such, grotex such grotesqueness with such woe. I never saw a brute I hated so. He must be wicked to deserve such pain. I shut my eyes and turned them on my heart. As a man calls for wine before he fights, I asked one draught of earlier happy sights, ere fitly I could cope to play my part. Think first, fight afterwards, the soldier's art. 
One taste of the old times, says all to rights. Heh, <laughs> not it. I fancied Cuthbert's reddening face beneath its garniture of curly gold. Dear fellow, till I almost felt him fold an arm in mine to fix me to the place that way he used. Alas, one night's disgrace. Out went my heart's new fire and left it cold. Giles, then, the soul of honor, where he stands frank as ten years ago when knighted first. What honest man should dare, he said, he durst. Good. But the scene shifts. Faugh! What hangman hands pin his breast a parchment? His own bands read it. Poor traitor, spit upon and cursed. Better this present than a past like that. Back, therefore, to my darkening path again. No sound, no sight as far as I could strain. Will the night send a howler or a bat? I asked, when something on the dismal flat came to arrest my thoughts and change their train. A sudden little river crossed my path, as unexpected as a serpent comes. No sluggish tide, congenial to the glooms, this, as it frothed by, might have been a bath for the fiend's glowing hoof, to see the wrath of its black eddy bespate with flakes and spumes. So petty, yet so spiteful. All along, low scrubby alders kneeled down over it. Drenched willows flung them headlong in a fit of mute despair, a suicidal throng. The river, which had done them all the wrong, whatever that was, rolled by, deterred no whit which, while I forded, good saints, how I feared to set my foot upon a dead man's cheek, each step, or feel the spear I thrust to seek for hollows tangled in his hair or beard. It may have been water, a water rat I speared, but ugh, it sounded like a baby's shriek. Glad was I when I reached the other bank, now for a better country. Vain presage. Who were the strugglers? What war did they wage whose savage trample thus could pad the dank soil to a plash? Toads in a poisoned tank, or wildcats in a red-hot iron cage, the fight must so have seemed in that fell cirque. What penned them there, with all the plain to choose? No footprint leading to that horrid muse, none out of it. Mad brewage set to work their brains, no doubt, like galley slaves, the Turk pits for his pastime, Christians against Jews. And more than that, a furlong on, why there? What bad use was that engine for, that wheel or brake? Not wheel, that harrow fit to reel men's bodies out like silk. With all the air of Tophet's tool, on earth left unaware, or brought to sharpen its rusty teeth of steel. Then came a bit of stubbed ground, once a wood, next a marsh, it would seem, and now mere earth, desperate and done with. So a fool finds mirth, makes a thing, and then mars it, till his mood changes and off he goes. Within a rude bog, clay, and rubble, sand, and stark black dearth. Now blotches rankling, colored gay and grim, now patches where some leanness of the soil's broke into moss or substances like boils. Then came some palsied oak, a cleft in him like a distorted mouth that splits its rim, gaping at death, 
and dies while it recoils. And just as far as ever from the end, not in the distance but the evening, not to point my footstep further. At the thought, a great black bird, Apollyon's bosom friend, sailed past, nor beat his wing, nor beat his wide wing dragon penned that brushed my cap, perchance the guide I sought. For looking up, aware I somehow grew, spite of the dusk, the plain had given place all round to mountains, with such name to grace mere ugly heights, and heaps now stolen in view. How thus they had surprised me, solve it you. How to get from them was no clearer case. Yet half I seemed to recognize some trick of mischief happened to me. God knows when, in a bad dream, perhaps. Here ended, then, progress this way. When, in the very nick of giving up, one time more came a click as when a trap shuts her inside the den. Burningly it came to me all at once. This was the place. Those two hills on the right, crouched like two bulls locked horn in horn in fight, while to the left a tall scalped, tall scalped mountain, dunce, doddered, a dozing at the very nonce, after lives spent training for the sight. What in the midst lay but the tower itself? The round, squat turret, blind as the fool's heart, built of brown stone, without a counterpart in the whole world. The tempest's mocking elf points to the shipman, thus the unseen shelf he strikes on, only when the timbers start. Not see? Because of the night, perhaps. Why, day came back again for that. Before it left, the dying sunset kindled through a cleft. The hills, like giants at a hunting, lay, chin upon hand, to see the game at bay. Now stab and end the creature to the heft. Not here, when noise was everywhere. It tolled increasing like a bell. Names in my ears of all the lost adventurers, my peers. How such a one was strong, and such was bold and such was fortunate, yet each of old lost, lost, one moment knelled the woe of years. There they stood, ranged along the hillsides, met to view the last of me, a living frame for one more picture. In a sheet of flame I saw them, and I knew them all. And yet, dauntless the slughorn to my lips I set, and blew, Child Roland to the dark tower came. This has been another episode of Just Josh and with Josh Gentry, a podcast where I think, therefore I'm wrong, after which I podcast. Take care of yourselves.